into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome into the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Got a great show lined up for you all today as we discuss UK's big win over the weekend, preview their matchup with a Georgia team that has won six out of seven games and is 3-1 and one in SEC play already with wins over Auburn, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss as they head to Rupp Arena. And you'll get our AOK college basketball picks for the week coming at you on a Monday. We have to start with the game that took place at Thompson Bowling Arena down in Knoxville, Tennessee over the weekend as Kentucky was able to come away with the victory against the hated Tennessee Volunteers. A gutsy performance from the Wildcats as they hand the number five team in the country their third loss of the season, first loss in conference play, and left UT fans with a lasting memory of getting beat by a struggling rival the day they hung Kenny Lofton's jersey in the rafters. It was no secret that heading into this matchup, UK had been backed into a corner and was left with only two options, my friends. Either one, give up and lie down in the grave that everybody had already dug for them, or two, come out swinging and play like you have nothing to lose. And after the first TV timeout of the game, Big Blue Nation was ready to panic as they thought the Wildcats did not show up to play again. The Cats were without the services of point guard Xavier Wheeler, who was sidelined with a shoulder injury, and the new starting five of Oscar Shibway, Chris Livingston, Jacob Topman, Kaysen Wallace, and CJ Frederick was rolled out. They proceeded to start the game with two straight turnovers, followed by shooting 0 of 6 from the field on the next four offensive possessions, all while allowing Tennessee to make three layups and a tip-in rebound right at the rim to go down 8-0. The crowd was bumping at that point. All the momentum was in Tennessee's favor. But from that point forward, we saw a different Wildcats team, and one that, frankly, we have not seen all season. It was a team that was dedicated to come together and to commit to a new attitude that starts with a willingness to fight. You've heard us talk about that word a lot this season, as well as the coaching staff and the players. On Saturday, we saw that fight as well. Shoot. My bad. I gotta cut that out. On Saturday, we saw that fight, and we have continued to say that if you play with attitude, we will give ourselves a chance to win any game we play. That is exactly what the Wildcats did against Tennessee. Outside of that desire to fight the whole game, Sam, what did Kentucky do in Knoxville to not only cover as a 12-point underdog, but win the game outright? Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. It's nice to get back in the studio with you after a 
huge Kentucky Wildcats win. I feel like we haven't even actually had this opportunity since the Cats have taken the floor this year, AJ. It's our first massive quad one win of the season on the road against our hated rival in Tennessee. Um, you know, I think it's a stepping stone for us, AJ. It's it's a game that we can re- reflect back on now and say, hey, we didn't even do everything completely right. And we were on the road against a top five team in the country, and we were still able to get a win, AJ. I think that argument is there to be had because I think you and I and the coaching staff and even the players both know that that was not our best effort, nor was it Tennessee. So you, you have to take that with a, a grain of salt. But we did a lot of good things, AJ, and you said it in the intro, but we fought, and that's what I absolutely love to see. I mean, there was times in the game where both teams struggled to find themselves offensively struggled to put together a stretch of runs where they could either, you know, pull away from each other or make it a closer game. And, um, you know, despite all that, I I loved what I saw from everyone that was able to get into the game. Everyone had the mentality that they had to go out there and make an impact by the way in which they provided energy, provided fight. And most importantly, AJ, what stuck out to me was our defensive presence. I mean, when you look at, our defensive awareness, presence, energy compared to, honestly, every game leading up to this, it's night and day. It it truly is. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to our players finally just taking the mentality. I think it took that South Carolina loss, AJ, to maybe just realize, guys, we have to come together defensively. And, And if you're out there, you can't take a possession off, a screen off, because we're still struggling to find our identity and it comes down to those possessions, AJ, easy layups, stuff like that. And we even still gave up a fair amount of good looks to Tennessee that thankfully they really struggled to finish around the rim, AJ, which boasted us to a much needed win. But I mean, other than that, I loved what I saw, AJ. I mean, our defensive presence was, was elite and it's about darn time because we were without, some key players defensively, obviously no severe Wheeler. Um, and it gave us an, an opportunity, AJ, not only offensively, but defensively to put out different lineups. And it, it allowed us to defend differently, AJ. Our, our ball presence was um, a lot more aggressive, which I really like to see because obviously at times when Severe's in the game, AJ, we, we kind of have to play off the ball a little more with him because – of you know the situations other offenses can put us in to where we have to switch or choose the lack thereof because of his size, AJ. So um, really liked what I saw defensively. I thought that was actually what won us that game, and even down the stretch, that's exactly what us won what won us the game. I know obviously they go on that little you know six zero run, AJ led off by that extremely annoying flagrant foul call, but. Still, even down the stretch, I know they got a couple of baskets there. We knew it was going to come down to you got to stretch one or two more stops together, AJ. It wasn't about going out and getting baskets. It was about going out and getting stops and winning that basketball game, and that's exactly what the Kentucky Wildcats team did. Um, you know, what What else stood out to me, AJ, was kind of what you hinted at in the opener, but we did get to see a new starting five, and more importantly – Everyone's calling it the Kentucky A-plus lineup, but that lineup between um, Kaysom Wallace, Antonio Reeves, C.J. Frederick, Jacob Toppin, and Oscar Shibway was finally on the floor for extended minutes 
throughout that game, AJ, prior to this matchup with the Tennessee Volunteers, they had only played 20 possessions together all season. While they were on the floor, AJ, they outscored Tennessee 29-14. to All other lineups actually got outscored by Tennessee. So that was massive to be able to see that lineup get in there, get some exposure together, create some continuity. It'll be interesting to see where John Calipari and his staff takes this team and these lineups from here. Obviously, we will gain Severe Wheeler back, and we can get into that discussion, AJ. But I really liked what I saw. We were able to stretch the floor a little more offensively. We, As you saw, AJ, just created a lot of openings to drive to the basket. And I really liked what I saw with the aggressiveness to get to your spot and finish. And we were not settling for struggling twos. I mean, even in that opening 8-0 stretch by Tennessee, AJ, you heard John Calipari say in the halftime interview, he said, we were getting our looks. I mean, we were we were getting open shots. I texted you, AJ. I'm not mad with our offense. We just weren't hitting them. And goodness gracious, man, what a massive step up these last couple of games from the likes of Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick, because both of them, AJ, started to knock down big-time shots for the Kentucky Wildcats. And obviously, they are a massive reason as to why we are trending in a totally different direction after this Tennessee win. But love what I'm seeing from those two guys. The last couple of things that absolutely stood out to me, AJ, as to why we were able to win this game. Honestly, it came down to three things totally. I already mentioned one of them, which was our defensive presence. The next two are kind of issues that we've seen that were finally rectified in this Tennessee road win. And that's, AJ, one, rebounding. We did a phenomenal job rebounding. I mean, we outclassed Tennessee, and that is large in part the reason why we were able to come away with a victory. I mean, we out-rebounded UT by 20-plus boards, AJ. I think it was like 43-23 to finishing on the rebounds, dominated offensively on the boards, and it created a lot of opportunities for us to hold on to leads at time or stretch leads at time because we were able to get second possessions. We outscored them on second possessions. And it was a heck of a team effort, AJ. Obviously, Oscar Sheway finishes with an easy double-double, but he did not do it alone, which is really what stood out to me, AJ. Everyone was crashing the boards, and it helped us get the victory. And then the last thing, AJ, I I didn't think we were going to get to this point, but we finally do, and we knocked down our free throws, AJ. I mean, it it was honestly a huge storyline of this game because – The Kentucky Wildcats did what Alabama did to us, AJ. We were aggressive. We went downhill, and we knew that we could get in the paint, and we were either going to finish or we're going to get fouled. We go to the line, AJ, for 25 free throws. We hit 22 of them, AJ. That is massive. That's an 88% free throw shooting percentage for the team. Tennessee only gets the line for 10 free throws, knocked down seven of them. I mean, that is... That's the difference in the game, AJ. And it feels like that was a narrative being run around not only within Big Blue Nation, but also within the national media outlets saying, hey, this Kentucky team, you know, they struggled to score the basketball, let alone struggle to score the free ones from the free throw line. Awesome to see that we take some accountability there. 
It was the attention to details. It was the little things that matter. And the overall fight of this team showed that our backs were against the wall and we were ready to respond. Tired of the media saying, you know, we can't do this. We can't do that. I mean, I, I kept some receipts, AJ, and no one was being easy on the Kentucky Wildcats, nor were we. And they deserved it, but that was a gritty, gutsy win to go into Tennessee and get a much-needed quad one road win. I know I broke down a bit, and you kind of opened it up with your opening, AJ, but overall, what was the biggest separators as to why Kentucky was able to to get this just such monkey-off-our-back win in a awesome fashion? Yeah, Sam, absolutely, and you broke it down pretty well there. You know, the first thing that I had, and this is what we outlined in our preview and our game plan for the Wildcats coming into this matchup with the Tennessee Volunteers, but it all started on the glass. We had to win the rebounding battle, and it was very clear that that was something that was made um, as a point of emphasis for this team coming into the game from the coaching staff. And Sam, you said it, 43-23. to Let's take that a step further. We only allowed... Tennessee to get four offensive rebounds all game. We had 13 of them. And then we out-rebounded them on the defensive glass 30 to 19. So just like you said, outclassed in both aspects of rebounding when it comes on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. We won that battle handedly. The next thing that we outlined in our game plan for the Kentucky Wildcats to potentially pull the upset was an increased sense of urgency and a willingness to fight on defense. Sam outlined it perfect, perfectly. We did all of those things. We competed at a high level. Even when things didn't go our way, we didn't get down. And we just kept fighting. We made a great stop at the end of the game when we absolutely needed one. We couldn't find a bucket. They had just gotten a couple of free throws because of the flagrant foul. And it looked like we may throw this game away. And what do we do? We come up with a huge stop on defense. Not only a stop, Sam, but then to secure the rebound and to get fouled, to go to the foul line, knock them down. It seems like such a routine thing, but it's it, it's not an easy thing to do. And that's the focus that you have to have to make those plays throughout the course of the game. So a check mark there as well. I mean, we talked about forcing some turnovers on this team. They're a team that doesn't take care of the ball necessarily at, at an elite level. So we, we end up forcing 11 turnovers, which which was really good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak him in right here because I want to talk about him and I don't want to get away from it. But when you talk about the turnovers, a couple steals on defense, let's talk about a Fierro for a second, Sam. 13 minutes played in this game, and he was forced into a position where he had to play the point guard role at times with Casey Wallace out of the game. And sure, he didn't provide much of a presence on the offensive side of the ball with, with scoring, but he did take it to the hole a couple times and get foul and go to the free throw line. And then his defensive effort was just off the chart, Sam. He was chasing down the ball, poking it away from guys, doing all the things that you need a guy like that to do when he's forced to come into the game. You can't not score and do anything like that. And, and then, gag it on defense and do nothing. So his minutes right there were just absolutely crucial. Sam, a problem we've we've had all season, defending the ball, getting broken down off the dribble. I thought the Kentucky Wildcats did a much, much better job of that. And 
they were able with that lineup to kind of switch some things some more and, and be able to put Reeves or Wallace or Frederick on some of these guards from Tennessee, and it did. they did a really good job. I mean, the only really time you saw during the course of the game was in the second half. We got beat off the dribble a couple possessions in a row when Kaysen Wallace had to check Zakai Ziegler, and honestly, that had more to do with Kaysen Wallace's back acting up and him being a little less than 100%, and you could tell he just didn't have that burst. He got beat a couple times. He looked at Calipari, and they said, okay, you're not going to check him anymore. They made the adjustment right away, and then and we made his life a lot tougher. So to see some of those adjustments, to see the way that we were able to defend the ball, you know, Jacob Toppin, he got beat early in the game off a drive to the basket from the three-point line. He doesn't hang his head. He continues to scrap and fight all game long on the defensive side of the ball. Even though he only poured in five points, Sam, it didn't matter because he was doing a lot on defense. He was playing within the offense. He was locking in on the defensive side of the ball and really helping out this team. So a lot of good things right there. And then, Sam, we talked about the importance of the Kentucky Wildcats executing their game plan, right? No bigger than what was going on down low in the post. I mean, you saw the matchup between Plavschik and mm-hmm. Shebway, mm-hmm. right? We elected, for those of you watching, you're probably thinking, well, Plavsic got 19 points, and he was scoring all night, and what's going on? Well, John Calipari talked about this in his post-game press conference, and if, if you watch the game and understand what, what's, what some teams are trying to do here, listen, we chose not to double-team him. We knew that, listen, Chibwe's kind of a, a not the best matchup because of the fact that he's only 6'9", and he doesn't have the traditional size of today's center at 7 foot or higher, right? They chose not to double-team him and just let Shiway go to war with him down low, and they knew he was going to score, but John Calipari's thought process was, you can't score enough twos on us to be able to beat us. So we're not going to double-team because what happens when we bring a guy down to double-team is he's a pretty good passer and he can get that ball back out, and then you leave guys open for three. You start letting them get cooking from three, and then you have no chance to win on their floor. So sometimes you got to take, you know, Give him this to not give up that. And that's kind of what you saw happening. I mean, Plav 6 ends up going a 9 of 11 from the floor. But when we needed it most, Sam, Shiway bodied him up, forced him into a tough shot. He missed it down the stretch. We get the rebound. Like I said earlier, go hit some free throws. So just a little a little matchup, a game within the game that was going on that if you paid attention to it, you probably thought, Oh, no. And even even John Calipari said after the game, Sam, he's like, I, I almost got to that point where I had to double because he was eating us up. But he stuck with the game plan in the team. They stuck with the game plan, even when he was able to get baskets, even when Viscoe got off for a couple shots and made some threes. The team never folded. We, we never gave in. And they just continued to fight on defense. What we talked about coming into the game, they executed it to perfection. And then Sam... Let's switch it over to the offensive side of the ball. You kind of outlined the fact that we had some different lineups out there. A lot of guys that don't normally get some playing time were in the game. Adu Thierro, 13 minutes in the game. Lance Ware plays some significant minutes in the game. Chris Livingston playing more minutes. All of these guys coming together to do some different things. And and what you saw on offense was a lot more spacing from this basketball team in, in certain areas. And once you were able to space that court up a little bit and open it up, 
you saw some driving lanes open up for a guy like Chris Livingston, who then was able to come off cuts and take it hard to the basket. You saw a lot of screening action for CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves. That seems to be what our best offense is, is get them coming off of screens and open. They can either knock down the shot or they can put the ball on the deck, get to the middle of the floor or the hole or be able to dish it. And what that ultimately ended up doing, Sam, was was freeing up Oscar Shibway down low so the lane wasn't clogged. If the shot went up, he was able to fight for offensive rebounds. And when the floor is spaced like that, you can also enter the ball into him and the double team can't come as fast and things like that, which opened up the low post area for Oscar Shibway to start to work in the game. And he ends with 15 points and 13 rebounds. And really... You know, it was a little bit of a struggle at the beginning of the game, Sam, but he kept with it and he continued to battle. And you you saw what this offense can be at times. Sure, we only scored, what, 63 points? So it doesn't seem like we put up some, you know, crazy, efficient offensive performance. But at the end of the day, you're going against one of the top two defenses exactly, in all of college exactly. basketball. And you're able to find offensive success. And a lot of that was predicated on getting stops and playing hard defense, which rolled over into the things that we were trying to do on offense. And Sam, you hit the nail on the head. Talk about an aggressive nature from this Kentucky basketball team, continuing to attack the basket and get to the line and not being afraid to hit the free throws. Hit the free throws all night long. Like you said, 22 of 25. Big clutch free throws down the stretch. Kentucky did all the little things. And we talked about it, man. You back Coach Cal up into a corner, and this guy will come out swinging. That is the way that his basketball team played on Saturday and is why they were able to come away with a victory. I mean, just think about this for one second, Sam. Overall, let's take a step back. We went on the road in a hostile environment against an elite basketball team, right? We shot 35% from the field for the game, 30% on three-pointers. We turned the ball over 19 times. We had a flagrant two-foul call against us that changed the momentum at the end of the game. We were without our point guard, Xavier Wheeler, in the depth of Damian Collins. Kaysen Wallace deals with back spasms, ends the game with zero points. And with all that being said, guys, we found a way to win. That is a really good sign of things to come, my man. And being able to fight through the adversity, come away with the win on the road against the top five team, against our hated rivals, is just what the doctor ordered, Sam. A big-time win for the Kentucky Wildcats as they now find themselves at 2-3 and three in SEC play and no doubt was the biggest win that they had on the year. And they have an important week coming up ahead of them. They have two home games this week, Sam, a chance to continue to stack some wins, get yourself over 500 in this SEC conference and really start to turn the tide on the season. And before we look to their next matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs, is there anything else that you wanted to add from this Tennessee game before we move on. Yeah, AJ, I mean, I think you wrapped it up nicely. The last thing I'll just give our listeners some consideration to is it's something that I said about in the preview, AJ, but we were at this point in the season where it wasn't as much about the X's and O's. It was about the Sally's and Joe's. And 
Let's talk about our Sally's and Joes for just two seconds here, AJ, because that comes down to not only the guys on the court, but you mentioned it. It's the guys that are at the helm of this program and the coaching staff. And what John Calipari and his staff drew up, you could tell. I mean, after the game, they were emotional. They, they've been investing everything they have into this team, AJ, and it finally broke through. And that was a gutsy call to say, hey, we're not going to double down low. We're, we're going to try to have to make them beat us from twos, not threes. And it paid off for them, AJ. We're, we're coming off a loss against South Carolina and Alabama where both teams well over double-digit threes. And then you finally get a Tennessee team, AJ, to just settle down and, and not get those microwave situations where they're killing you at times in spurts throughout the game. So you really have to love – the approach that we took to the game. They obviously finished three for 21 from the field beyond three-point arc, AJ, so that's massive. And then you even mentioned it with the likes of Adu Tiero getting you know some extended minutes and obviously Lance Ware coming in. It's not only the guys that got to touch the floor, AJ, and impact the game. What really stood out to me was if you paid attention to our bench presence Finally, AJ, it was off the charts. It, it, and it, some of you may be sitting there saying that doesn't matter, but it absolutely matters. There was moments where Lance Ware was telling every single player on the bench to get up and clap and go nuts. And every time, I have to hand it to him, AJ, every single time the camera caught a glimpse of the bench, Severe Wheeler was clapping and screaming his head off, cheering on his brother in arms. And it makes that difference. That's a mentality thing. That's an energy shift. And I'm telling you, AJ, we talked about it. Losing's not fun, and it starts to add up. And these kids, this team, needed this win. But they also did it by buying in. And it's it's really exciting because these kids, they showed that they have a lot of fight. And Calipari knows what kind of team he has now. There's a lot of kinks we still need to work out. But – you said it just now. I mean, given all the circumstances we were up against, to find ourselves on a road court against a top five opponent and to come away with a win, that really does come down to the Sallys and Joes and, and what they put forth and the effort that they had. So I'm extremely proud of our team and our coaching staff to be able to get this one done. But really loved the energy that I saw, not only from the guys on the court, but also the guys on the benches. And the last thing I'll say, AJ, is it's pretty obvious that C.J. Frederick has emerged as a major, major leader for this team. And I love it, man. The approach that he has, you can tell that he approaches the game of basketball and the game of life so differently than the majority of individuals. And you can tell that's contagious to not only his colleagues and brothers-in-arms and his teammates, but also his coaching staff. I think it's it's one of these dynamics that – Cal can feed off of CJ and CJ likewise for his players because don't get me wrong guys obviously Cal has to be the coach but sometimes you need someone to emerge as that player coach within the locker room because there's going to be moments where you're going to say I don't want to listen to coach this is stupid but you need that that second voice of reason to be able to step forth and as much as some of our returners 
have that ability. I also think a guy like CJ Frederick is massive to be able to be that voice of reason at times. So really like what he's been able to do for this Kentucky Wildcats game or team, not only this game, AJ, but maybe the previous two or three, he's kind of emerged because he's really starting not only to impact the game with his performance, but also with his leadership abilities. Absolutely, Sam. I love that. And you know what? John Calipari has always said, always said that his best teams are player led teams, ones that can be player coached teams where the leaders step up, coach each other, hold each other accountable. And that's exactly what you're seeing happen. So hopefully they can continue with this momentum and they'll have a big opportunity too on Tuesday night, Sam, where the Kentucky Wildcats will look to build upon their win over the balls when they welcome in a familiar foe in the Georgia Bulldogs. When you look at this Bulldogs team, it is yet another one in the SEC who made a coaching change prior to the season. Turned over a lot of their roster, and they have seen immediate success. They hired head coach Mike White, who comes to them after leaving Florida and has led the Bulldogs to a 13-4 record in a 3-1 and record in conference play to start, as we stated earlier. This team has a clear identity, one that is built on a willingness to defend and specifically the three-point line, holding teams to a measly 27.7% from three on the year. They are a team that tacks the offensive glass as they haul in offensive boards at the 22nd best rate in the country and rely heavily on their guard play as their starting backcourt of Bradley transfer Terry Roberts and sophomore Cario Oquendo are combining to average 28 points per game. With that being said, they also have a lot of depth on this team, adding six transfers and a four-star freshman in the offseason. At this point in their season, the Bulldogs have 12 guys averaging more than 10 minutes a game, which is pretty crazy. Now, some of that due to some of the injuries and missed time from guys. But when you look at it as a whole, they are not afraid to play a lot of guys. So, Sam, outline some of the positives about this Georgia team. Can you tell us where their weaknesses lie and how the Wildcats are able to take advantage of the Bulldogs in this matchup? on Tuesday night in Rupp Yeah, I mean, this is a Georgia Bulldogs team, AJ, that has already well exceeded expectations, especially within SEC play. They're off to a 3-1 start. Their overall record is 13-4, and AJ. And this was a team in the SEC that was picked to finish second to last in the preseason rankings, AJ. So, um, you know, given the type of year that they're coming off of, this is massive for their program. I mean, they, they were well at the bottom of the barrel last season, AJ. They have crazy turnover with obviously players choosing to transfer out. They get, like you said, a bunch of newcomers and a new coach. And realistically, the only pivotal piece that they bring back is Braylon Bridges, who, let's be honest, he, he hasn't exactly been the same player that he was last year. However, he's still finding a lot of ways to impact the game. I mean, he's a 6'11 center, AJ, and that's going to be another concern as a matchup for Oscar Sheway. I mean, he's got the length, AJ, so let's see how that one plays out. But you mentioned it, AJ. I mean, this team has found a new identity 
in the way they play basketball. Uh, you know, this is a scrappy team that shares the responsibilities. I mean, you alluded to it. They have multiple guys. Almost almost their entire roster is averaging over 10 minutes, AJ. Typically, as the season carries on, you see a lot of teams shorten that roster, shorten the rotations, and find their core. This is a team that is electing not to do that. And you mentioned it. it, it some of it comes down to the lack of production that they were maybe expecting from other star, star players. However, this is a team that, that shares the burden. So as much as that has been a positive to this point in the season, AJ, that is also a massive drawback, in my honest opinion, and a weakness that the Kentucky Wildcats have to explore. We have shortened our bench, AJ. We have found our rotation that is working most efficiently, both both offensively and defensively. So my biggest challenge to the Kentucky Wildcats come Tuesday night is you got to attack those guys, AJ. You, you cannot... You cannot honestly tell me that they have 12 guys top to bottom on their roster that can defend our starting five. So look for the Kentucky Wildcats to really, really have an emphasis on their key matchups and their abilities to break down their guards. Don't get me wrong, AJ. Terry Roberts has had a great year. And you said their two star guards are combining almost for 30 points. However... I like our matchup. I, I think, especially if Kaysom Wallace is coming into this Georgia matchup a little more healthy, I actually look for him to have a massive game, AJ. I think we can get downhill against this team and impose our physicality within the paint. This team's finding ways to win, AJ, but they're not doing it necessarily in the prettiest of ways. They're only averaging 70 points offensively a game. So that's where I'm telling all of you and all of our listeners, this is an opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to get a huge win against a team that's starting 3-1 and one in SEC play and do it by the exact identity we almost just did in the Tennessee game, AJ. That's what I like about this matchup. This is a team that chooses and elects to go blow for blow with you. Not a team like Missouri, not a team like Alabama that is looking to get out run up the score, and run you out of the gym. This is a team that wants to take it slow, take it steady, and try to trade blows. And at the end of the game, if it's a close enough game, they have been a team throughout the season so far that has found ways to win, AJ. Let's be honest, Calipari said it in his post-game presser. That's the team that John Calipari has. So I really do think that this boasts well for the Kentucky Wildcats and John Calipari to get a much-needed win at home and start our new home record and streak AJ because unfortunately it's sitting at zero so hey what better time to do it against a Georgia team that's trending in the right direction and kind of start our own trend AJ if you will and go stack win after win because this is a big opportunity of a full week slate of SEC play AJ where we can flip the script from being under 500 in SEC play to over 500 for you, AJ, I mean, you broke down some of the, we'll go again with the Sallys and Joes of Georgia. What do you think the Kentucky Wildcats have to do to be able to get a win that prior to the season, let's be honest, we probably all marked down on our calendars as, hey, that's a good win. We're going to be at home against a struggling Georgia team, which has clearly flipped the script now into, hey, we got to fight like hell and we cannot take any 
possessions off because we saw what happened with anyone in the country, especially with South Carolina. Whether you're on the floor, at home, or you're on the road, what can happen? Yeah, Sam, I mean, I brought him up in the intro uh, when talking about this Georgia Bulldogs team, but for me, it all starts with their guard play. You have a guy in Terry Roberts and then a wing in Cario Equendo, and then they also have another point guard by the name of Justin Hill, and these guys are all going to play, Sam, in Roberts and Equendo more so than the other two, but these guys are guys that can break you down off the dribble. They can also get behind the three-point line and shoot the three pretty well, both shooting around 40% this year. I told you they averaged 28 points together between the two of them, and one's around 15.5, one's around about 12.5 points per game. So playing really good basketball between the two of them, and like I said, we've had issues in the past of being able to defend the ball and getting broken down off the dribble, so you need to make sure that you are staying between your man in the basket, playing on these guys and pressuring them. You have to pressure them. When you look at this Georgia team, Sam, they are a team that turns the ball over at one of the highest rates in the country. How they've won 13 games, I'm not really sure, but it obviously has a lot to do with their defensive play because they will turn the ball over. You cannot allow these guards to get going. Sam, you brought it up. We talked about it. The South Carolina game, man. They had a couple microwaves on their team, and what happened? We let them get going early. They got the confidence. The hoop looks like a freaking swimming pool, and they just start throwing beach balls in there. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, it, so you just you got to cut that off early. You can't let these guys get into a rhythm, and you know they're going to try to get to the basket. So continuing to play that hard-nosed, pressuring, on-ball defense, and then if you do get beat, we got to do a better job of rotating over and having a plan for what happens when you do rotate over and not leaving a guy open for a lob or an easy bounce pass for a dunk, things like that. So continuing to work on that ball pressure onto their guards and then being able to rotate over when they break down, I think is going to be a, a big key to this game. Sam, a, a guy you talked about earlier, but I'll bring him up right now, Braylon Bridges, guy who played on the team last year. He's coming back this year. He does have some really good size, but when you break down the tape on him, he's not the most athletic big man out there. He's, he's good with his footwork. Okay. Get him on the low block when he has the ball and he, he can get in the right position. He's pretty tough to guard. So what is Oscar Shibway going to have to do? He's going to have to work hard to continue to force him from not getting the ball down in the low post where he can take advantage of the size on Oscar Shibway and put in little baby hooks and layups at the rim, right? So he's going to have to work to continue to deny the ball and push him out further and not let him get that low post position. And then when you flip that matchup and look at it on the other side, I mean, Sam, look no further, but last year, Shibway got matched up with them. He ended up the game with 29 points and 17 He's won his best games of the year, AJ. Yeah, and I I just don't think this Bridges kid has enough athletic ability to be able to match up with Shibway, and he cannot run the floor the way Oscar can. So look for Oscar. If he's aggressive, if he finds himself in good low post position, should be able to dominate this game again, running the floor, getting out of transition with some of those turnovers. If we can turn those into easy breaks and easy baskets, it should go a long way in this game, Sam. I really think Shibway has a good opportunity to have a really good game again like that. And and you're going to have to work the ball into him, work from the inside out. And then I want to see a lot more of that, what they were calling the floppy action from Case or 
I'm sorry, CJ Frederick and Antonio yeah. Reeves, because those two guys running them off the screens like that, their ability to not get tired and continually move. Sam, when have you, we hadn't seen that ball, that, that player and ball movement all yeah. season. And then you finally get these guys running off of these screens and it, it put, it forced Tennessee in conflict. And this is the yeah, same thing we talk compromise. about exactly. in, in football and basketball and any sport. What the, the objective of the offense is to put the defense in a position to have to make a decision on who you want exactly. to guard. And then we'll just go to the other person. You know what I mean? And, and Kentucky did a much, much better job of that last game. So continuing to do that on the offensive side and then got to dominate on the glass again. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna get after it on the offensive side. You've got to do the same thing you did to Tennessee because this is a team at times who won't shoot the ball tremendously well in Georgia. So if you can limit those second-chance points for them, you're really going to make it tough on them to score enough points to try to beat us. So that's where I'm looking for the Kentucky Wildcats do some things in this game. And then, Sam, we'll see what happens with our guy, point guard, Xavier Wheeler. Obviously, this is a big game for him. He used to play at the University of Georgia. Big new coach there. A lot of new players. But you know that's in his heart. He's thinking about it. He wants to go out there and put up a good performance. We will see if he's healthy enough to play. Not quite sure if he's going to be back or not. But even if he is, like you talked about, Sam, let's find a way to utilize what he does well and then also give the opportunity to some of this these other lineups where we're a little bit more dynamic on both sides of the ball and then finding a way to still implement him into the game plan and what he's doing with whoever he's out there to be effective for this basketball team because we can't have this thing where it's like, oh, well, he just shouldn't play anymore because we're better without him. No, we're not better without him. Do you see the amount of turnovers we had last game? If he was able to come in there at times and alleviate some of that pressure, we don't turn the ball over. We beat Tennessee by 15 points. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to be a key to getting back and getting healthy. See what happens with Damian Collins. It was great to have Casey Wallace and Jacob Toppin, both who were dealing with injuries back on the court. So we'll continue to monitor those but Sam again just a lot of the defensive effort stuff that we just talked about getting on the glass and rebounding and then like I said you, you got to be able to work through Shibway and then work through Frederick work through Antonio Reeves on offense if you continue to do all of those things you should be able to come out with a victory on your home court the last thing I will talk about when it comes to this Georgia Bulldogs team is they've been a much different team on the road away from their home court than they have on their own home court they really have this season. They haven't done well away from their home court. But that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter because you know how it goes, Sam. This is a little bit of that. This is Georgia Super Bowl vibe kind of thing going on the road in Rupp Arena. Kentucky's coming off a big win. Let's hammer them back down and, and put their fans right back in chaos where they were before the Tennessee game. So we need to match the energy. Can't be reading anything outside of the building. Nothing about, you know, tooting your own horn because you beat a top five team. No, we're right back to work, Sam. And it's got to be a workmanlike attitude on Tuesday night. Come out from the tip, continue to grind it out on defense, and it should open up these things on the offensive side. And, And there's no reason we should lose this game, but we have to execute at the level that we did against Tennessee because if we don't, 
and we don't play well, then we'll, we're going to open ourselves up to a whole other South Carolina situation. And we don't even want to allow that to happen, Sam. Don't even let the game be close late. If you have a chance to bury this team, you have to bury them. Bury them early. Bury them often. Get out of here with the win so you can regroup and get ready for another big test over the weekend when the Texas A&M Aggies come in. But that's what I'm looking forward to in this game, Sam, from the Kentucky Wildcats. And, you know, spread's not out on the game yet. I would handicap this game probably somewhere around an eight to a nine-point spread on the game. I'm thinking that's where it'll be, something along those lines. But we shall see. I think the public will be a little bit higher on the Kentucky Wildcats after that win. But I still think, Sam, I think this is going to be a fight. Yeah. I really do. There's going to be stretches in this game where where Georgia fights, and we may go cold on offense at times and things of that nature, but the same mentality that we just implored last game needs to be implored every game from here on out, regardless of how you play. How many times do I have to say it, Sam? The great teams in college basketball will find a a way to win no matter how they play. That's what Kentucky did last game. We gave you the numbers, 30% from three, 35% from two. But what did we do? The free throws, the aggressiveness, the defense, the rebounding, all of those things are non-negotiables and things that can be carried over from game to game. Every matchup is different, Sam. Every matchup is different, right? Some are better for your team. Some make it tougher on your team because of what the other team has. But the non-negotiables are the effort, the determination, a willingness to defend, all of those things. And when you do those things, good things will happen. So let's rely on those foundational pieces of this basketball team and let's see what can happen because we still had a couple guys last game who could still get going a little bit more. Kaysen's not 100% healthy, so if we can get him back in, we can become this, this dangerous team that we have talked about all season long, Sam. So. Let's see it on Tuesday night against the Georgia Bulldogs. What do you yeah, think? I mean, I think our next great challenge is just taking everything that we have worked on all season, that we've improved upon, and adding it to the first five minutes of the game, AJ. Let, let, let's challenge ourselves to start this game strong because I don't want to have to see us work out of another hole. And, and I admitted it in our recap of the Tennessee game, it's not like we were playing poor in those first couple of minutes in the Tennessee game, AJ, we were getting good looks, but let's not have to pull ourselves out of this hole yet again. Let's start hard. Let's start aggressive. And let's right from the first tip, AJ get into our sets and, and be the aggressor and not have to work out of these holes. But I think everything you laid out, the rebounding, the Sheboy matchup, I think case Wallace is going to be a huge factor. That all is exactly what I had down on my notes. So, you know, it's going to be a big opportunity. This is no South Carolina team, AJ. This is a much better team than South Carolina. So let's come prepared. I'm excited to see the matchups that we we go out with. Obviously, the Severe Wheeler narrative is going to be large at play within Big Blue Nation, within the national media as we preview this game. So definitely something to keep our eyes on. But, you know, I would not be shocked if he's ready to go if he does end up coming off the bench. I I ultimately think John Calipari is going to do what's best for this team. Um, But we'll see, AJ. That's obviously something that 
um, is very exciting. And you said best, Severe Wheeler is a vital piece to our success. I mean, he could have really helped us out in that Tennessee game. So no one go off and say, oh, well, that lineup was more efficient and Sam said this and you you said the numbers. No, 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 no. That's not saying we don't need Severe Wheeler. He is our guy. He is a heartbeat of this team, AJ. So excited and hopeful that he gets to be able to go out against his old team and really put on a show for us. Got that right, Sam. You got that right. And I believe there is one more order of business for us today on the podcast, and that is our college basketball picks for the week. We are going to start doing these on Tuesday, so me and Sam have more games to choose from and just instead of just doing the Saturday ones. Except, you know, Sam, after last week... I may want to just stick to these Saturday games because according to you and your records, your boy AJ had a pretty yeah, 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 yeah. pretty good Saturday. Yeah, AJ had a, a decent Saturday. I'll update all of you guys. Um, currently after, gosh, AJ, that was week four in the books of the AOK basketball picks for us aj you did go four for four last week so uh an impressive run there aj currently sits with a total of 27 points and you went you are now sitting with a record aj of nine for 16 so not too shabby if i say myself i myself aj have a current record of 7-16, and 16, and I have 17 points. So I have a little hole after this past weekend to work out of. I will have to say, AJ, I had a couple of bad bounces. I did see that Texas Tech versus Texas game going exactly how I saw it. However, I have to tip my cap to the Texas Longhorns as they fought out of a deficit late in that second half. They were able to come away with a very slim victory of 72 to 70 AJ but it was an exciting matchup so um I've got some work to do but it's a long season and I'm confident in my picks so you know don't don't worry I I like being in the rear view mirror because you're just gonna have to keep thinking of me hey hey you were you were up on me heading into those those last four picks and you know I I caught some breaks going four for four I I took Kentucky as a big underdog which which got me a lot of uh, I think four Four points. points there for winning that one but um you know it's week to week, and just 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 for the record, Sam, you're you're uh, we've done four weeks, so that's sixteen picks, right? So you're seven of sixteen, not seven and sixteen. He's he's only made sixteen picks. He he's hit seven of them. I've hit yeah. nine of mine. We're not we're not we watch too much college basketball for a record of, of seven and sixteen. Okay, so <laughs> you know what all I right. Mean. Yeah, exactly. But I just wanted to clarify that for everybody so y- y'all don't think we're a bunch of bums up here giving you some some bad picks. Correct. But anyways, Sam, why don't we kick this off for this week? We got a, a, a huge slate of games throughout the course of the week. I'll get us kicked off, and we're going to go to the Big 12 Conference. And you just talked about a Texas Longhorns team from last weekend. Well, I'm going to pick on them. Tuesday night, they travel to Iowa to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. And this should be a great matchup. Two really good defensive teams. Here's where I see Iowa State pulling out this victory, Sam. 
they they really showed me a lot this past weekend. I watched them play on the road at Kansas, and, and that is damn near the most impossible place to win in college basketball unless you put together a big performance or unless your name's the Kentucky Wildcats who walk in there and own their building like it like it's nothing, but I digress. The Iowa State Cyclones showed me a lot. They're they're back at home against a Texas team, and if you've watched this Texas team play le- lately, Sam, they are living dangerously. A ton of close games coming down to the wire. And when you look at this Iowa State team, they're on that level of Tennessee as far as their defense goes. And I think that their guards are going to do a good job and give a lot of trouble to Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter. And I think the Cyclones, who are led by guard Jaron Holmes, a transfer from St. Bonaventure, who had played his high school ball just down the street from where I live. He's from Romulus, Michigan, played at Romulus High School, also the same high school that Nate Oates head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, got his first head coaching gig in basketball. Look where he is now. It's a great high school. This kid plays with that Detroit toughness and mentality, and I think he's going to lead his team to a victory on Tuesday night, and it's all about the defense and forcing turnovers against the Longhorns. So give me the Iowa State Cyclones in my first game, Sam, and then I'm going to stay in the Big 12, another big-time matchup on Tuesday night. I mean, hey, They call it Super Tuesday for a reason, right, my friend? I took Kansas last week, Sam. I'm going to pick against them this week. Look, they're going on the road on Tuesday night to play Kansas State. Obviously, that's not a huge travel. They don't have to go very far. It's just straight down the street. But coming off that tough game against a very, very physical Iowa State team, and when you look at the stretch of games that Kansas has coming up, Sam, in the next four weeks, It is no joke. It may be the biggest gauntlet that any team has to go through throughout the course of the season. And like I said, they just come off that hard-fought victory on Saturday. They have a home matchup against the TCU Horned Frogs. I look at this as just a little bit of a letdown spot for the Kansas Jayhawks going on the road. I think they're going to fall to Kansas State Wildcats on Tuesday night. They got them in a couple weeks again in the fog, so look for them to get revenge there. I just see this as a spot where it's going to be really tough for Kansas to go on the road and put together their best effort and come away with a win. So to recap for my first two, Sam, I'm taking Iowa State tomorrow or Tuesday night, yeah, tomorrow night, and then Kansas State as well tomorrow night. So those are my first two picks. Give me yours, and then I'll be ready to fire. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about a team that's living dangerously, AJ, I know that those Kansas Kansas Jayhawks are – one of the best teams in the entire country. But let's be honest, they, they are living life on the edge, and they've had a lot, oh, they've yeah. had a lot of close games here recently, AJ. And, you know, we alluded to it, and we continue to allude to it. Great teams find ways to win. So I'm not taking anything away, but they have a gauntlet coming up, AJ. And it's it's going to be one of two things. They're either going to prove by far they are, if not one of the best teams, they're the best team in college basketball, and they're opposed for – a great opportunity to go back to back, which has not been done in quite some time, AJ. So we'll, we'll have to see, but it's going to be a gauntlet that they're about to go through. So it's going to reveal a lot of character and a lot of uh, opportunity for that team. But I myself, AJ, am going right back to the revealing of character. I know some of you are going to gripe over this, but hear me out. Hear me out. It's a good thing if they go out and they get a W, AJ. I'm taking Tennessee at Mississippi State. 
tomorrow evening. I, I think Mississippi State is a team that's trending, AJ, and they're finding ways within the SEC to to get W's. But the biggest thing that I'll say for Tennessee is they get to go back and they get to look at the film against us, AJ, and they say, okay, hey, we did not play our best game. We, we shot three of 21 from three. We Zakai Ziegler missed, I think, three wide-open layups, AJ. Um, they defended well against us. They just couldn't finish. They couldn't score against us, which, um, you know, I, I think that's an opportunity for them to get right. And hear me out. We want them to win every single game other than when they come to Rupp Arena later than this year, AJ, because we know that for our resume, we need – Everything we can get. So I think they, they get right. They get a road win in the SEC. And if they don't, AJ, then let's be honest. The volunteers are going to have a, a silent siren going on internally saying, holy crap, we just are on a, a quick two losing skid in the SEC. What's trending in the wrong direction? But I, I think they avoid that conversation and they get right in a must win against Mississippi State on the road. AJ, I then... I'm going to go a little further into the week. It's going to be a middle-of-the-week matchup as Rutgers goes on the road against your beloved Michigan State Spartans, AJ. Michigan State continues to fight the injury bug, AJ. They just can't seem to catch a break. They have, I said it previously on one of our last episodes, AJ, they're a team that's trending in the right direction. I've liked the way that they've picked up their play. Their guard play has elevated themselves. But when we talk about trending teams, AJ, you cannot look further than Rutgers because this is a team that has found an identity in the way that they play basketball, the way that they defend, and I really like what I'm seeing from them. I think the injury bug has plagued these Michigan State Spartans just a little too much. I think Rutgers walks in to East Lansing and walks away with a big Big Ten matchup win, AJ. Give me your next two picks. Well, Sam, I'll say one thing before I give you my picks. Did you were, were you able to see Michigan State play Purdue earlier today as a matinee on MLK? I was able to catch some of it. It was on while okay. I was doing some errands around the house. I had today off, so I had basketball okay. on, but didn't well, catch you know every possession. Yeah, so right now Malik Hall uh, is out, which is a big loss for them, but you know. They lose by one to Purdue today. Unfortunately, they just no bigger matchup with the with the monster that is Zach Eady on Purdue, and so they fought hard, man. They had the game uh, almost won towards the end. A guard that is really coming on for them, Tyson Walker, just hitting big shots. I mean, he finished with thirty points. AJ, he only came up two points shy Sam, of Zach Eady. Uh, Sam, he, they, Purdue gets the ball into Eady with. Two seconds left in the game. He goes over Sissoko for a little baby hook and nails it to go up one. And But the three possessions before that was Tyson Walker three, Tyson Walker three, and then he took a guy off the dribble and pulled up and hit a shot with 10 seconds left to take the lead. So ice in his veins. He's playing really good basketball. It's tough to go on the road and beat Michigan State on their home court. So it will be a huge test for, for Rutgers, Absolutely. especially the way MSU just lost. They are going to be fired up and ready to go later this week to try to get a W on their own home court. But a matchup that I had my I have my eyes on it and will definitely be paying attention to later this week. And Sam, my first two games were from earlier in the week. I'm going to go to the latter half of the week for my next two plays, and we're going to go to a matchup in the Big Ten 
on Thursday night where we see the Michigan Wolverines traveling on the road to take on the Maryland Terrapins. And I'll be short and sweet, but I'm taking the Michigan Wolverines. Listen, these teams just played on January 1st. It was at the big house. I guess not the big house. It was in Ann Arbor, okay? It was at Michigan. But they win this game by a final score of 81-46, to 46, Sam. And Hunter Dickinson, he had 32 points in the game, and they, they just had absolutely no answer for him. Now, listen, I don't necessarily think this is going to be a blowout. Michigan's traveling on the road. They've been a different team on the road than they are at home. But I, I see no answer that Maryland has for Hunter Dickinson. Michigan's offense run through, runs through this kid, and so I don't see any way in which Maryland can slow them down enough to get a win. So I like the Michigan Wolverines to go on the road, get another win in the Big Ten against the Maryland Terrapins. And then, Sam, last game, we're going to go to Saturday, and we're going to go out west for a pair of top 15 teams, top 10 teams maybe, I think now, with the UCLA Bruins and the Arizona Wildcats. And for me... This is all about the start time of this game. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So out on the West Coast, a very early tip for these guys. Listen, one thing I know, Sam, if the shots aren't falling, which normally they're not early in the morning, you can always fall back on your defense. And there's one team in this game whose defense is far superior to the other, and it's UCLA. They get after it at a much higher rate. Arizona can struggle to defend at times, and in games when they can't outscore you, they don't have a a huge chance to win the game. It it should be a hard-fought battle either way, but give me the UCLA Bruins. I think they go on the road against a very good Arizona team and get a statement win to move their season along as they're creeping up there right now, Sam. Those are my final two picks. Michigan on the road, UCLA on the road. We'll take some chances, try to build some points by taking some teams on the road. Sam, who do you got next? Yeah, well, um, much like you flipped the script in your picks, I'm actually going to do the same. My first two picks were on the road. Now I'm going to pick some home favorites. So um, hear me out, guys. AJ, you said that Kansas State was going to have the ability to beat up on the Kansas Jayhawks and get a huge top five win. I think that... This Kansas State team, AJ, is my team of the week. I think they have the opportunity to really show that they are a top 10 team in the entire country. I have them, just like you, beating Kansas. Later in the week, AJ, they have another massive matchup against TCU. Sorry, I, I that is Kansas, I mean. I think they are going to lose to Kansas State. And then I have them bouncing back to TCU at home, AJ. I think that's going to be their get right game. A huge opportunity to play a top 15 team, AJ, and say, hey, we lost to our in state rival in Kansas State, that a team that's trending, but we have to get this win against TCU. I think that's a massive opportunity for Kansas at home. The reason I tripped up on my words, AJ, is Kansas State is my team of the week. And I do think they get that win against Kansas, and then they have a home opportunity against a team that I highlighted last week in Texas Tech. Texas Tech, like I said, took Kansas and gave them everything they got. They're a team sitting currently at 10-7, and 7, AJ, struggling to find wins at times. I think this Kansas State team at home is too much to handle. They are really starting to show that their guard play is able to lead them into close game victories. I like 
their matchup. I like the week that they have on their horizon. K-State's my team of the week, and I like them at home against Texas Tech. So to review, AJ, my last two picks, sorry for the confusion. Kansas at home over TCU, and Kansas State at home over Texas Tech. Okay, Sam, another week of picks in the book. We will update you guys again on this edition of the podcast next week and continue to go from there. We are all looking forward to the big matchup against the Georgia Bulldogs. Like we said, a chance for Kentucky to start to stack some wins, and then we will be back with all of you later this week on Friday to preview the matchup against the Texas A&M team that Sam, frankly, has started to find their swagger, their identity, and are starting to put together some wins, becoming a real potential force in this SEC conference. So a big week for the Wildcats to try to right the ship, get over 500 in conference play, and really change the trajectory of their season. Sam, I know that we will all be tuned in throughout the week, watching college basketball, watching the Kentucky Wildcats, and monitoring the landscape of college hoops as a whole. Time for us to get out of here. That's all we got for you guys today. We're going to go watch and see if Tom Brady can make every Cowboys fan across the country, across the world, cry themselves to sleep tonight and end their season in misery, as always. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to watch the Kentucky Wildcats play and get back on the podcast, break it all down, Sam. We also are going to get you guys a little bit of a bonus episode this week. Not quite sure how long the episode's going to be, but we're going to bring you guys some bonus content on some things we wanted to talk about surrounding the college basketball, I'm sorry, the Kentucky Wildcats basketball team and some things going on. Not, not, not stuff on the basketball court, but we just wanted to bring a, a few things to you all. So we will bring you that. We will be back later this week. We are getting the YouTube page up and running so you guys will be able to go there as well to find video of our podcast i will let you all know when that is 100 set up and how to go and find us on there i think that's all we got for today sam let's get out of here have a good night appreciate you being here appreciate everybody listening and go cat see y'all there's only one thing left to say Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.